everyone and welcome to Cornwall Insights latest podcast. Uh, my name is Emma Bill and I am a lead research analyst at Cornwall Insights. Today we're going to talk about one of the themes covered in our report with TLT, the law firm on green finance and financing green. The report can be downloaded at both ours and TLT's websites um, and it also involved a launch webinar which is available to listen back to and just for your ease we'll, we'll include the relevant links on the landing page for this podcast episode if you want to delve further. So today really excited to be joined by contributors to the report Emma Harvey of the Green Finance Institute and Robin Penfold from TLT where they're both going to be discussing the important role of green finance products and services with a particular focus on uh, green mortgages and alternative green financing models. Um, So Emma and Robin uh, are going to share with us their insight on the developing market for green mortgages and, as I said, the alternative solutions pioneered in in the US, for example. They will also give us their views as to what needs to come next um, in the UK, um, including from a a legislative and regulatory point of view to realise the potential of green financing in delivering um, the important energy efficiency target and ultimately net zero by by 2050. Without further ado, let's go to Emma and Robin to introduce themselves and share their initial views on on this topic in the context of the UK government's current policy commitments for decarbonising homes and buildings. So who who wants to go first? Uh, Happy to introduce myself, Emma. So Emma Harvey, I am a programme director at the Green Finance Institute and I run our built environment programmes at the Institute, which consists predominantly of the Coalition for the Energy Efficiency of Buildings. A little uh, overview of what we do at the Green Finance Institute. So we were set up two years ago by the UK government and the City of London Corporation with a focus on financing green and mainstreaming green finance in the UK and internationally. The way we do this is by convening sector-focused coalitions that aim to identify the barriers to investment into decarbonising particular sectors, and then works with the industry to collaboratively develop the financial solutions needed to make money move at pace and at scale. Thanks, Emma. Uh, Robin? Hi, so I'm Robin. I'm a partner in TLT's financial regulation group um, and specialise in mortgage law and regulation. And I think ready availability of private finance is critically important to decarbonising and adapting the UK's housing stock to drive energy efficiency and ultimately support the delivery of net zero targets. So I'm really excited about the um, opportunities for the home finance market to support this um, and transition to a low carbon economy and to be talking about this today. Thanks. No, it's great to to have the opportunity to to talk with you both. So um, I'll dive into uh, the first question that we have for you, um, Emma. Um, I'll I'll um, direct this at you in the first instance. So, um, what do we mean by green finance products, and and what are the advantages of of a green mortgage for prospective home buyers, banks, and net zero targets? So before diving into green finance products, I'll probably take a step back and just explain what we see as being green finance more broadly at the Green Finance Institute. And we see it in in two bubbles. There's greening finance and financing green. Green finance focuses on reporting, disclosure, managing the risks associated with the climate transition. 
Meanwhile, Financing Green focuses on mobilising capital towards real economy outcomes. So it focuses on product innovation, upskilling financiers to be able to have fluid conversations with customers on decarbonisation. And it also focuses on, on having more engagement with clients and customers as well. So in, in that context, we've seen a lot of activity in the, the corporate finance space. We've seen green bonds, green loans, sustainability linked loans. But the consumer finance sector has been slightly behind on green finance products. But that has changed a lot in recent years. And we've seen green mortgages become the poster child for the consumer green consumer finance sector. Now, in short, green mortgages are like any other mortgage, but they offer financial incentives, be that lower interest rates or higher borrowing capacity to homeowners or landlords who are looking to undertake green activities on their property, or if that customer is looking to purchase an already energy efficient property. These have been around since 2006 when Ecology Building Society launched their very first product. And since 2018, we saw products being launched by the likes of Barclays. And in the last couple of years, we've seen the likes of NatWest, Lloyds, TSB, Leeds Building Society, etc. bring to market these products. So we're aware of double digit numbers of these products on the market. And, and we believe that various different actions are helping to actually stimulate further growth and innovation in this space. I think, as Emma was saying, I mean, it's really exciting to see the growth of the market over, particularly over the last sort of 12, 18 months or so. Um, and we've seen a real variety of products launch into the market um, from sort of green home discount products to those that are designed to support green home improvements to, to additional green loans. Um, and we can see how the UK is now slotting into to what's happening in, in international markets, too and a real range of kind of maturity across those different international mortgage markets with with probably Netherlands leading the way where where energy efficiency is given kind of real real priority by many borrowers across the market so so really exciting to see the developments that have that have happened over the last last 12 18 months in particular but what's particularly what's to come that's really interesting particularly sort of the um the what's going on in in elsewhere as well so what are the biggest barriers to green mortgages in the uk um in in your views and and how can they be overcome so i think from a consumer demand perspective although there's anecdotal evidence across the mortgage market that customers are sort of more ready than ever to start having conversations about energy efficiency and i think that's in part because climate change is becoming a mounting concern in society as a whole um, and, and energy efficiency is becoming sort of increasingly prominent in, in many spheres of life. There are challenges from a demand perspective. I think firstly, the familiarity of borrowers with um, energy efficiency is, is often patchy. Um, a majority of customers probably wouldn't know their home sort of EPC rating. And it's often to date not been particularly central to the home purchase decision or, or the mortgage journey. And although I think there's a sort of widespread desire now across across the consumer markets to make energy efficient changes, there's a bit of a gap in terms of the willingness, I think, to take action, um, partly as a result of some of the practical limitations to making sort of home improvements. And some people like living in a historic home with the character, which can be quite difficult to adapt. Um, the benefits might not always be clear to customers and, and they don't necessarily feel the urgency to act now. And for some, they might see kind of high barriers to carry out the work. So historic sort of perceptions about 
the cost of energy efficient improvements and what impact that that might have on the home. So I think on the one hand, the demand's not quite where everyone would want it to be. I mean, in terms of what might solve that, I think further tools to enable customers to understand the, the sort of energy efficient benefits of home improvements and the financial benefits to sort of encourage that that demand um, would help. On the other hand, you could look at what may be being explored a sort of minimum legislative standard so that there's a, a clear sort of urgency to act. I think from the supply perspective, and I know we'll probably come on and talk about this a bit later, some of the challenges are, are sort of pricing of these products in the market, a very low interest rate environment and a very competitive mortgage market at the moment. Um, and, and some of the challenges, I think, from a, a market where it's heavily intermediary led and heavily advised on um, the advice that's given to, to customers. And again, some of the sort of challenges from, from pricing, but we'll I no doubt come on and talk about those shortly. Just to add to a couple of points to what Robin said, completely agree that the the certainty of demand from customers for retrofitting is is one of the barriers to market growth. Um, we at the Institute undertook some consumer research to understand attitudes around energy efficiency. 83% of the people we surveyed said they were interested in energy efficiency. And yet, when you drilled down into their knowledge and understanding of what energy efficiency meant, half of those we surveyed didn't know their EPC rating, another 10% had never heard of an EPC rating, and their understanding of what a deep retrofit was didn't extend far beyond energy efficiency appliances. So as Robin said, there's some really important pieces around providing information and upskilling the public and then supporting that demand so that financial innovation follows. I think sort of two other pieces. I think there's we sometimes overlook the R&D investment that's needed to develop new green financial products and how they can sometimes be operationally disruptive to, to financial institutions. So support schemes such as the Green Home Finance Innovation Fund that we saw launched by the UK government a couple of years ago was a welcome move to try and help address that barrier to innovation. And then I think there's a broader question around innovating products that offer benefits to customers while at the same time offering commercially attractive risk adjusted returns to the financial institution. And one area, if we turn our gaze uh, over the pond and have a look at some models that have been successful in the United States that have achieved both those goals, we've seen something called property assessed clean energy finance be very successful in this space. And um, I know we'll be touching on that again a bit later, so I won't I won't steal the punchline, but it's, it's a very well proven product that addresses the payback barrier that many homeowners face to retrofitting, but also delivering returns that institutional investors can get behind. Exactly. My next question. Um, I think you preempted that, Emma. Um, so what I want to what we want to understand is what do green mortgages and the, the PACE model, the property link, property assessed clean energy model, what does that mean for the UK consumer and how, how can we make that work in, in, in our context? Fantastic question. And I think I'll, I'll take a little bit of time to introduce property assessed clean energy finance, or what we like to call property linked finance, because it's quite a new concept, new financial structure for the UK. So, so property, normal financing is linked to the property owner. When you take out a mortgage, 
you as the home buyer are responsible for the repayments on that mortgage. Now, and that's very much similar with all financing models in the UK. However, property linked finance actually links the repayment obligations, the financing to the property. So whoever is living in that property is responsible for repaying the financing that was taken out to, for instance, pay for an energy efficiency improvement. Now, as I mentioned just earlier, one of the big barriers to people retrofitting their home is the high upfront cost and the expectation that they're not going to see the full economic returns from those energy efficiency measures uh, throughout the duration of living in their property. With property-linked finance, that's not a problem because if you moved home two years after retrofitting it, you're not going to have to carry on repaying for some measures that you're no longer benefiting from. Whoever is subsequently living in your property and has a warm, comfortable, more energy efficient and uh, cost efficient home to live in is the one who repays this. So if you contrast property linked finance with green mortgages, both are clearly facilitating and helping homeowners to undertake green activities in their property, whether that be heat pumps, insulation, solar panels, etc. And for lenders, it's helping financial institutions have a greater dialogue with their customers as well. They're getting to understand their customers' green ambitions, but they're also gathering additional information on, on the green activities that homeowners are undertaking. One of the big buzzwords uh, within the green finance sector is greenwashing, and therefore being lenders being able to verify that green activities have genuinely taken place in a property and are delivering uh, carbon emission savings or resiliency um, benefits is absolutely vital. So you're going to see a greater dialogue and to and fro of sharing information between borrowers and lenders. So again, both are helping facilitate green activities. They can offer favourable financing rates versus if you went to the traditional borrowing and investment market. But one of the areas that, that really does need to be addressed as well and where financial institutions can play a facilitating role is then helping their, their customers, those homeowners, be connected in with the supply chain, be connected in with reputable suppliers, etc. So while uh, that's not necessarily the core business of a, a bank or a building society, that can be one of the big hurdles, as Robin mentioned earlier, that can be one of the big hurdles for someone actually getting uh, turning their ambition into implementation. So still developments for the industry to, to explore in, in the facilitation and connectivity piece of the retrofit supply chain and value chain. Thanks, Emma. I, I completely agree, and, and particularly around this concept of of almost sort of connecting up the different aspects of of home financing and that being something that kind of pace model operates. If you look at other aspects of the financial services sector, particularly if you look at the way current accounts work these days and how those are sort of packaged up using open banking and all of the different services connected to your life that you can um, you can manage through your account provider the same thing doesn't exist in a sense in the mortgage market at this stage very much the customer goes to take a a mortgage and that's their relationship with that mortgage lender but what this really offers is that opportunity to connect up almost the the kind of financing of the home and the home itself and providing all of those sort of an, ancillary aspects around it whilst also enabling the the lender to have more control over how their their security is protected so there, there feels like a, a real kind of opportunity there, but but in a sense, a real mindset shift in the way that property finance works in in the UK at the moment to achieve that, to achieve the concept of 
of in a sense and at a very simple level finance attaching to the home and not to the not to the individual. How does the current legislation and the rules need to change to facilitate um, more uptake of green mortgages or equally um, the sort of uptake in PACE style uh, models? So I think the way in which the the sort of mortgage market works at the moment is is as we sort of talked about it's it's advice led typically by um, an intermediary either together with sort of lender or intermediary providing advice on, on their own in terms of the best product for the customer um, and typically the way in which they make that decision is also very kind of interest driven and and price driven so in a sense having to sell the the sort of cheapest product to the customer that best suits their needs unless they can explain why they've made an alternative decision um and and those rules potentially create some some sort of challenges from the perspective of the existing products in the market because the green finance products in the mortgage market are currently structured as, as in a sense standard mortgages so you're comparing them alongside what might be some of the main high street lenders sort of leading uh, five-year, three-year, two-year fixed rate products in a very competitive interest rate environment. And quite often at the moment, the consequence of that is that a green mortgage product might not necessarily be cheaper than that other, I call it mainstream market leading product. And it might be difficult therefore for an advisor to take into account the customer's preference, for example, for for a green mortgage product over that kind of pricing differential. So I think there's a an element of sort of advisors needing more confidence around how they make some of those kind of advice decisions and the extent to which they can take into account the customer's preferences. In a sense, in part, this could be solved through the development of a PACE model, because if you had a product that was in the market that operated completely differently, you wouldn't, in a sense, be comparing apples with apples it would be quite a different different proposition and that may open up some opportunities in in the market too um the other i, I think key sort of knowledge gap is in a sense is the understanding of the extent to which particular energy um, improvements deliver benefits to to customers and the extent of those sort of financial benefits and in a sense that's always cause challenges with some of the financing of this technology because the customer might be paying a loan with a repayment profile that operates in one way and actually the energy efficiency benefits and the cost savings to the customer might deliver on a completely different um, sort of financial profile and so again something like a pace model where there's more alignment and repayment over a sort of extended period and attached to the home rather than an individual borrower, for example, um, paying the the kind of upfront cost of that work before then then moving home could could again make some quite significant differences in in the market. Just picking up on what one of Robin's points around. Um, you know, how do you actually communicate these products to the consumers? Let's not forget that the broker community, so the mortgage intermediary community, is highly, highly influential in the UK mortgage market. Approximately 70% of mortgages are originated through brokers. So as well as innovating these green mortgage products and you know, even these PACE products, 
there needs to be communication, not just with customers, but actually with brokers so that they feel confident enough to have those conversations with 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 customers to understand their green their green desires. Um, I previously previously worked at a financial institution and we launched a green mortgage product. And it was it was amazing how. Um, you know, the mortgage intermediaries would say they, they'd had a conversation about green with their customers and saw them come to life. It's a topic that people can get very passionate about. We just need to to convey to the industry that people can get passionate about this topic. Um, just on another regulatory lever for supporting green mortgages or finance towards green more generally, um, one of the, the recommendations um, that, have, that have come out of various different reports from the Green Finance Institute and other organisations is around the, the opportunity to embed uh, EPC accurate energy bills into mortgage affordability calculations. So a couple of years ago, there was a project called the Lenders Project, which assessed uh, how much a customer could borrow on their mortgage if ONS average statistics were used in the mortgage affordability calculation, and then if an accurate energy bill was used in their affordability calculation. And the, the results were between five and 10 grand more could be borrowed if accurate energy bills were used. Now, we don't see many lenders applying this within their, within their standard calculations. This is another way of helping to nudge the market in the right direction and to demonstrate that value um, that is held within more energy efficient property. So I think uh, moving away from the consumer piece, I think that's one area that lenders really could be looking at in the future, just to try and eke out those extra little benefits in this space. One of the um, topics we would like to cover is the the work that you've been undertaking um, on with, with the Green Finance Institute and the Green Home Finance Principles. Um, could you talk a little bit about how these feed into the, the sort of discussions we've had today and, and what success we've had today? Absolutely. So, so the Green Home Finance Principles were developed by the Green Finance Institute in partnership with members of our Coalition for the Energy Efficiency of Buildings, of which TLT are one of our leading members, and, and the Loan Markets Association. And if you are familiar with the Green Bond Principles or the Green Loan Principles, the Green Home Finance Principles are a retail banking equivalent focused on energy efficiency homes. So the Green Home Finance Principles are, in effect, uh, guidelines for financial institutions um, on how they can ensure that any money that's sent that goes towards energy efficient homes through green mortgages or retrofit loans, uh, that they genuinely are channeling the money towards green activities. And it helps to embed consistency and transparency into the green mortgage and retrofit finance market. And it's formed of four core pillars. One is the uh, use of proceeds. The second is around the process for project evaluation. The third is around how funds are managed. And the fourth is around reporting. So having a dialogue, as I mentioned earlier, between the borrower and the lender. So since the Green Home Finance Principles launched in September 2020, we have seen 11 financial institutions align or commit to align their green mortgage products with the principles. And they represent approximately a third of the UK mortgage market by balance sheet. And we know that they are continually innovating new products and we're in conversations with many other lenders who are interested to enter into this market. So we at the Institute, we do have huge ambitions for the green mortgage market, as well as the property-linked finance market. We think that they address 
two very or they they address um two very different audiences green mortgages help those people who are have an encumbered home so they already have a mortgage while pace can support those homeowners but it can also support homeowners who have paid off their mortgage or are in rental as well so huge ambitions we know that there's obviously the the heat and building strategy coming down the line we have the spending review we have a number of other requirements coming down the line such as there was a consultation earlier in this year on the role of lenders in supporting home energy efficiency improvements that was launched by the government so we expect to see uh, some release on whether disclosures and voluntary or mandatory targets will be coming down the line for the amount of financing that lenders must put towards green home improvements. So lots of drivers. And if we can address some of those barriers that, that Robin mentioned earlier, there's, there's, there's huge opportunities in this space. Thank you, Emma and Robin, um, for your time today. Um, it's been really great to um, touch on some of the topics covered in the Green Finance Report. We'll now bring this podcast to a close. Mm-hmm.